get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I am your host. I'm joined by my muck and my best mate. Uh, what? Well, best mate? Not sure. One of my friends, um, Trevor. And uh, we're joined all the way from Denmark. Uh, we're do- joined by Alex, who's one of the Danish Gooners. Um, we are going to look back a little bit on the Brighton game. We're going to talk about that day, the three o'clock kickoff, the traditional sort of three o'clock kickoff, and the upcoming three o'clock kickoff against Southampton away. Um, first and foremost, Alex, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you very much, mate. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. And, and Trev, we okay? Sorry, Trev, can you adjust your camera? There's an awful lot of shine coming off that forehead. I don't know what's happened at the top. What's what's happened oh, up there? He's not even been polite to me for a second. Look, I got bullied into having my hair cut. got bullied into having my hair cut by my beautiful wife. And uh, I was under the influence of alcohol at the time, so I agreed. Oh. But I don't regret it. It's, uh, it's, it was time it went, so uh, I'm quite happy about it. Uh, nice you don't, you don't look like Wurzel Gummidge anymore. No, true, but I, I quite like the scruffy look. It's me, isn't it? You know it's me. So. You're looking um, good, mate. You're good. I look too tidy at the minute. I look too tidy <laughs> at the minute. Well, yeah. well there was... Um, we we met, met Alex and his dad in the... Um, uh, in, well, in the pins before, yeah, before the game, and uh, Alex and Gary didn't recognise you with your short hair. So yeah, it was it was only when I sat in there and we start talking and they gone, ah, I know who <laughs> you two are, you know. So it was, the, and I didn't even have the Irish accent at that point, Alex, did I? So it started off with a, a weird accent, not and the all. Irish accent came out later. <laughs> yeah, it's it started building up, and it yeah, uh, you know See, what that is? Uh, that's alcohol. That's alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> The shit beers. Go on, trip. <laughs> shit beers. No, yeah. I was. Um, I, 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 I was just sitting there reading the paper. I, I wasn't in the best of moods because I knew I was going to have to spend a few hours in your company, Fergus. <laughs> and uh, then Alex and his dad just said, "Is anyone sitting here?" And they sat down. And to be honest, I wasn't really very talkative. I had my head buried in the in the newspaper, um, thinking about what was going on. And uh, then, of course, when you sat down. Fergus, you as always, you got talking to these and Alex and his dad, and we had a we ended up having a lovely afternoon, didn't we? It was good fun, good fun. Yeah, up until yeah. the match. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's quite true. Yeah, the the, the, the yeah. day was fantastic. But I was talking to somebody today, and and we're talking about um, going away to the Southampton game, and I and they said, oh, the football's got to be better, uh, and so on, and so forth. And I said, I said, I said to him, said, well, you know what? Sometimes the football's just secondary to. Um, to it, it's about ten percent of what makes up the day. So, sorry, I'm trying to add an, a, a photograph of, um, and it won't add at the moment. It was, oh, I'll tell you where I'll get it. I can add it somewhere else. Um, it was Trevor with his two pints, and he was double parked, very, double very, parked. very early. Double parked, very, very early yeah. on. So, well, it was, it was interesting, wasn't it? Because uh, it, I don't know if it was your influence, Alex, but Fergus actually put his hand in his pocket and bought a beer, which is very rare. <laughs> So I jokingly said, oh, I'll tell you what, Fergus, since you're buying, I'll have two. And Fergus, yeah. to be honest, bought me two beers. So, of course, I was double parked, happy to be double parked. But I caught up. It was all good. It was all yeah, good. What, and I was, and I was the, drunk the, uh, on the and seeing that bloody I'm, game. Yeah. <laughs> you need you needed something, didn't you? Let, listen, yeah. let's look at the uh, let, let's look at the game, and then after the game, well, after this bit, we will talk a bit about uh, the Danish. Actually, why not do the Danish schooner bit first? So, um, you travel to an awful lot of home games and an awful lot of away games uh, across Europe. You and your dad, and how many are in the Danish schooners then, Alex? Uh, we are a bit over two thousand five hundred members of the Arsenal Denmark, the the fan club. Okay, and I met uh, myself and myself and Trevor had. Um, our, I don't know who had the pleasure, but um, we had the pleasure of meeting your illustrious leader of the uh, the, the Denmark Gooners, Arsenal Denmark, uh, Thomas, when we were yeah. away in Wolves. Um, Trevor doesn't remember, but uh, I remember speaking <laughs> to Thomas. <laughs> You're a very nice yeah. chap indeed. So yeah he, yeah, he really does a lot for the the Danish community of Arsenal fans in uh, in Denmark and the whole Scandinavia. Yeah. So, do you get much of an allocation of tickets? How how easy is it to get tickets? How easy is it to get over here for games? Yeah, like you can buy tickets through the uh, the Arsenal Denmark fan club, 
Um, but I just I just used uh, the the red membership from from the official Arsenal uh, club. But yeah, you can buy tickets quite easily through the Arsenal Denmark fan club, and I've done that before as well. And can you get away games as well as home games? Yeah, like um, my first away trip was uh, with the Arsenal Denmark fan club uh, with my dad, and we uh, they did a trip down to the Bayern Munich game, uh, the away game where we lost five one in uh, in two thousand seventeen. Uh, and that didn't put you off. You you carried on. No, we've carried on ever since. Yeah, but yeah, it's um, it's quite good uh, what they do, all their trips and stuff. Good. Good. Um, and you came over here for the weekend and we, we, we had a three o'clock kickoff, a traditional kickoff, uh, uh, clearly kicking off early in the pins. And then we tried to get round to um, the uh, the Tollington, but there was queues outside there. So we ended up in the Che and uh, a few drinks there. But then we went to the game. What did you make of the game, Trevor? Looking at the, the lineups that we had for the game, let me bring that up. Uh so, and there was a there was a lot of talk because Tierney was injured and because Party uh, is injured and both are probably out for the season. We had um, Ramsdale, Cedric, White, Gabriel, Shaka at left back, Laconga in the centre of mid, Odegaard, Smithrow, Saka, Martelli, and Lacazette uh, up top. Um, what, what, what was your what was your thoughts on that lineup, Trev, when you saw it? Well. You know, after the, the previous week's result, Fergus, I was hopeful that, that the lads would bounce back and, and put us in a performance. Actually, I was confident they would, in all honesty. I really thought that we would see... It may be a tight game against Brighton, but I thought we would beat them and, 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 and win the game. But do you know what? It was one of them performances. I don't know about you guys, but after about 10 minutes of the game, I thought, we're not going to win this game. These boys just don't seem to be having it today. We looked flat. We we had no, we had no, we had no pace about our game. We just didn't look right. And and after about ten minutes, I, I thought I said to your brother Fergus, who I, I stood next to Fergus's brother on on Saturday on the North Bank. He's so much nicer than Fergus. But you know, <laughs> I stood next to, and, and I said to him, "We can't win this game. We cannot win this game. We just we're not up for this for some reason." And it was like a throwback to the old Arsenal of like, you know, a couple of seasons ago. And But you can't put your finger on what it is because you know that them players that are on that field are more than capable of putting in a performance that beats Brighton week in, week out. We know what they're capable of. So you start looking beyond that, you know, and, and I can't get my head around it, even at my age. The, the, the only thing that, that, that plays on my mind at the moment, right, I'm... I would, no, I'll tell you what, let, let Alex have his say, Fergus, and then I'll come back to what plays on my mind at the moment, mate, because I'm going yeah, a bit cool. more specific, and that's not fair at the moment. So, Alex, um, would you have started Shaka at left-back? Would you have started Nuno Tavares, maybe, as a wing-back and done a three at the back? How would you have set that up? I, I, I don't want to spend a huge amount of time on this game because it's over a week ago and it was it was... Awful. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll try to be quick, but yeah, like in hindsight, no, I definitely wouldn't have started Shaka at left back because we lacked so much in midfield. Um, and I think both of their goals came from they just overran our midfield, and there was so much space between our defense and their mid, uh, and the midfield. Um, so I think I would have started Tavares and then had uh, Shaka with more of his presence uh, with Lakonga in midfield because, I mean, we were missing our biggest engine in the midfield and then we um, just had Lukonga kind of by himself uh, with Smith-Rowe and Odegaard trying to fill in some space there but they just didn't manage to do that. Mm. Um, and and do, you, do you think that's you know uh, a lack of, uh, of ability from Lukonga or just do you think he's out of practice or do you think that the job's just too big for him? I think it's yeah job's too big for him to be by himself. I think he yeah, it would have looked much better if he had Shaka next to him uh, in the midfield. Um, but yeah, it's funny. I had the exact same feeling as Trev sitting in the stadium um, that we just weren't going to win this game. But I just um, I watched back some of the highlights earlier, and we actually had a like a big chance from uh, Gabriel from a set piece. Um, and yeah, and then after that, it just went bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Trev. You know, the, the, there was there was 
talk of this offside decision later in the game, but a lot, a lot, a lot of what happened. Well, the offside decision was this one here, where Martinelli scored. I think just before half time that was. Um, yeah. Uh, what did you make? What did you make of that decision? Did Did you think it was correct? Um, Look, folks, and, and it, I... it, it looks the wrong. It looks the wrong decision, mate. Doesn't it? But the thing is, right? The thing is, every team in the Premier League has had VAR decisions go for them and VAR decisions go against them. Right? It's rubbish. I don't like it. I want rid of it. I just want to rely on the referee again, so I can blame the referee and then think, oh well, it was human error, you know. I don't want. I don't want to see this anymore. Um, and it looked onside, didn't it? But we shouldn't be relying on on an onside goal. You know that decision to beat Brighton. We're better than that. We are better than that. Alex, Alex just makes a really interesting point in that, and he, and he has he has he has sort of got right into the problem for me in that. Lukonga, Sammy Lukonga's a kid, right? Sammy Lukonga's a kid, right? So he's learning the game. And to take out Party and Xhaka from our midfield and put Lukonga in there with Odegaard dropping deep or, and, and not a lot else, you know, was too much of an ask. I'm a bit surprised with Arteta for that. Um, it was too much. I'd have rather him left Tavares at left-back or even gone with a back three, but left Xhaka up in midfield, you know, um, covering for Party. We looked very poor there. There was nothing coming from there at all. And 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 now we've moved on to um, now we've moved on to the players, mate. We've, we've got we've got to mention Lacazette, you know. And we mention Lacazette most weeks, Ferg. Um, and each week we say, yeah, we love Lacazette, but you know he's not scoring goals. And I think this week, without I'm not going to call the bloke, but I've got to take it a step further this week. I think he's honestly now becoming a passenger in the side. Right, he's becoming a bit of a liability. You, you like him. You see what he does. You see he can hold the ball up. You see his efforts. His effort levels are massive. But at the end of the day, our striker hasn't scored a goal in open play for an embarrassingly long time. An embarrassingly long time. And it's time that we changed it. It's time that we changed it. Um, we need to play a game without Lacazette up front. We need to play a game with a different striker. If you want to play Lacazette, move him deeper and play him behind a striker if you're that desperate to play him. But we need a, a, a change of that central pivot up front. Desperately, in my view. In my view. We'll, we'll, we'll get on to like who we, we should start for the Southampton game up top afterwards. But um, if it, there's a few people in the chat talking about further back down the pitch, first of all. Uh, Terry um, did comment on the fact that you were double parked and that probably had an impact on, on the squad. But he also said that, um, you know, maybe El Elneny, because he's played quite a bit of football with the uh, African Cup of Nations, might have been a better option in there. And James, uh, looking ahead to the game, has suggested that we put Cedric to left back. Um, I can't remember if you remember, Alex, as Cedric's last performance at left back didn't end well, did it? No, it didn't, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one. Um, but yeah, I think maybe maybe three at the back with uh, would have been better in hindsight. Um, bring in holding and then uh, to have more cover and defence. Yeah, um, uh, Bex in the chat, she's uh, she's also saying holding. Yeah. Um, Trip, do, do, do you think it's, there's a valid point in here? Um, uh, uh, Lauki73 has said Arteta, uh, and I think... I think some of that's flavoured with opinions on the manager because it's uh, there's the yeah. people in and out and everything else as well. But forget who you do you think Tavares' confidence is being destroyed or just knocked after those last I don't last know. week? I don't know if he's referring. I'm, I'm not quite sure what the reference there is. Whether it's just reference to Saturday's game as a one-off dropping. Tavares for Saturday after a couple of poor performances. Um, I, I I don't think he, he he had much confidence anyway. He, he was I, I don't know what's happened to him because he came in. Tavares came into the team when we played away at West Brom in 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 the League Cup in the Carabao Cup and we won was it six nil. Now I know it was only West Brom and and it was a lower league team, but that night T Tavares had. An amazing game, played brilliant, and he would have looked good against anybody in the world that night. He played brilliant. 
Um, and so we know there's a really good player in there. And then if his confidence is shot, what do you do? Do you leave him in and risk losing league position? Or do you take him out and try and build his confidence again? That way, you know, there's two ways to go. Um, my, I don't, I don't, I don't have the answer to that. I, I mean, I'm still a believe, firm believer that Mikel Arteta will get us right. So, if he makes that decision, then I go with it. You know, um, but I can see the point being made because when a player loses his confidence, if it goes too far, it can be really difficult to ever get it back again. You know. Hmm. Mm. Alex, thoughts on, on Nuno? Yeah, especially when he's this young as well. Um, I think he, if he would have been a bit older, it'd be easier for him to just knock it off. But yeah, when he's this young as well, it's, it makes an impact on him. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I, I tend to agree. Listen, I, I I think it was the right decision to take him off at Forest, and I think it was the right decision to take him off at um, against Palace. Uh, it's difficult to take a risk when if if Arteta, I don't think he could have won whatever decision he made on Saturday, um, because if he had played Tavares and we had lost, then everybody would be you know at Tavares's uh, at um, Arteta's throat. Um, where you know if he had played him and said, oh yeah, he's done a great man management skills and and stuff on there. Listen, one of the things that I noticed, like there was Toscard's goal um, on twenty eight minutes and uh, a goal from I can't even pronounce it, Mipo, is it um, at sixty six minutes and Odegaard got one back on on the eighty ninth minute. But before we got the goal back, about eighty minutes in or eighty two or eighty three minutes in. There was fans leaving the ground on a 3 p.m. kickoff. Now, listen, I, I living in and, and around London, I understand what the public transport system can be like. I can understand people who got commitments for work and on a late night kickoff, if it's like an 8.15 kickoff on a Friday night or uh, on, on a midweek, if it's Europa League or Champions League, I can understand people having to dash to catch the last train back. Trevor comes, I don't know how many miles, probably 150, 200 miles uh, away to come to the game. And... If the if the train's not there, you sometimes might have to. I'm not saying you do, Trev, but sometimes that people have to leave early. But at three o'clock, the game that everybody's talking about, Trev, uh, that we want our three o'clock, we want our traditional kickoffs, and people are sudden off early. Thoughts? For me, if it's their prerogative, you know, it's uh, they won't, they won't. It's a two way thing. The, 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 as has been proven this season. The fans won't sod off early, as you like, to, as you put it, Fergus. If the team's playing well, if they've got something to watch, and let's be honest, let's be let's be straight, we didn't have anything to watch on Saturday. It was awful. It was bad. Mm-hmm. It was bad, 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 bad performance. And the, 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 they can't moan about fans leaving early when they're turning in performances like that, you know. Um, and that's it. If, if fans, if if it's going, if it's like that, if we're playing well, even if we're playing well and losing, which we have done once or twice this season, played really well and losing, nobody leaves the ground. Nobody leaves the ground. But if they're going to turn out performances like they have done against Palace, Palace, you know, we were away. But if they're going to turn out performances like they did against Brighton at home. People are going to leave early. Leave early, as is their right to do. As is their right to do. I, do, I just find that there's not really an excuse for that. I, I get people are fed up. I get people have the right to walk out. But as uh, uh, Beck said in the chat, she, she she give her right arm to go to um, football and even pick up rubbish afterwards if uh, if she, if it could mean she could go to and stay longer at the game. So you know, and Alex, you travel how many hours to get here? Uh, would you dream of leaving early? Nah, never. Uh, I'm probably the same as BX Gunners, especially when I travel this long like I'll, I'd never never leave the ground early um, mm. also because of la- the last home game I watched was the Wolves game where we won it in the 95th minute and we didn't really play too well until Pepe equalised so yeah now I would I'd never leave early but I, I understand where you're coming from with like people living a long way off and catching the last train and stuff 
Sorry, I have. <laughs> to be honest, there's a there's a girl who's called Beck Scudder, and she's probably similar age to to, to yourself uh, in North Carolina, BX Gunner. So my apologies if I've given you the wrong gender and the wrong name <laughs> and everything else. So hey, listen, we're in 2022. You can be whatever you like these days, can't you? Um, yeah. uh, not turning up until eight, the 85th minute. Um, Arsenal seemed to turn it on in the last five minutes or so. Um, Odegaard got the goal in the 89th minute. Is it good enough, Alex? No, it's, it's never good enough losing home to Brighton, and especially when we didn't really start playing well until the 85th minute. Um, I mean, we had some big chances as well, as I mentioned, Gabriel in the beginning of the first half, and then um, the free kick, the second free kick we had with Odegaard, where he hit the bar, and then I can't remember. I think it was, I don't know if it was Sakura and Ketia that hit the bar straight after as well. But um, but no, we it's it's just not good enough. Yeah, I think that was the third free kick that Odegaard hit because it was three free kicks from the exact same spot, uh, was, and Odegaard yeah. hit the hit the bar, and it was Eddie that came really really close, came like that close to to, to um the post, um. Uh, Trevor, at the end of the game, finished 1-0. Uh, I don't want to go into it um, too much more, um, but the manager uh, didn't uh, appear very, very happy after the game, and he said we were very sloppy. Um, did you watch uh, any of the manager's comments on Match of the Day or anything else, or did you read any of it? No, to be honest with you, I haven't watched the uh, Arteta interview. I've heard a lot about it, and it sounds like he was as unhappy as, as we all are. But uh, it's now it's what Mikel's paid for is to now pick those players up and uh, lift, lift, show a much better performance against Southampton this weekend, which we know we're capable of doing. This is what's frustrating me a little bit. You know, we know we know these players are capable of better. So, but they're only young. But I still can't get this. I still really do think that you see Arteta mentioned it the other day, Fergus, in an interview about. Goals win leagues, right? Goals win. He, he, he needs a team that scores so many goals. I can't remember how many he said exactly now. He needs a team that score, scores so many goals. And I wonder if he was being a bit cryptic there, really, with with his reference to Lacazette. I know I sound like I'm getting on Lacazette's back, but, you know, I'm not. I'm just saying it as it is. He's not scoring goals. And I think that has been the, the most massive problem over the last few games. We've had no outlet. When you've got we said it before and we'll say it again. We've got our backup goal scorers, Odegaard, Smith-Rowe, Saka, are all chipping in with a few, right? So our, our, our chipper inners, as I like to say, have been doing their bit, 8, 10, 12 goals a season. Between three of them, it's 30-odd goals. You need the 25, 30-goal striker, and then you're firing all cylinders. We're not firing. We're only firing on three cylinders at the minute, and Lacquer is the fourth cylinder. We really need to try another option, I think. I, I, I honestly don't think Eddie Nketiah is the answer. I, I hope he goes out there and proves me wrong. Trust me, I genuinely do. But I don't think he's shown enough to, to want to play there. So I, I haven't got an answer, but I know that the, in my eye, the problem the problem is, um, is, is up front. Is up front. But when, when you look at the upfront situation, Lacazette, Lacazette has not been a, a, a prolific goal scorer for Arsenal ever. I think the most tally he's got in a whole season is 12 or 15 in all competitions. Um, he's got about eight or nine in, in the league. And he was playing second second fiddle most of the time off the bench behind Aubameyang. But when Aubameyang was with us, people were saying the issue was we weren't getting the correct service from Ozil or we weren't getting the correct service from, from Bellerin or we weren't getting the correct service from whomever. And then Aubameyang seemed to down tools and not want to want to play football. Um, what about this, Alex? Would you, would, you, would you risk starting maybe Pepe, drop Saka, and bear with me a second, drop Saka to give him a little bit of rest because I think he's blowing out of his, his backside at the minute. Uh, but... Um, uh, Martinelli on on uh, one side, but Pepe on the other side, and maybe ESR through the centre. And we're talking about against Southampton. We're on the Southampton game. Yeah, um, well, I think we're definitely going to see something different because um, the last couple of days, like I said, has been uh, missing from training. I've seen from the photos on Twitter. So 
it doesn't look like he's going to play this weekend. Um, I don't know if he's injured, injured or or what. But yeah, I think that's a good idea. What you propose there, give Saka a rest because rest he's been really looking tired, especially in the Crystal Palace game, and he was poor against Brighton as well. So yeah, I think, and I think Pepe, he's yeah, it's difficult with Pepe because he he has his moments where he really shines, but um, yeah, he needs to do it consistently. But um, yeah, I think I'd I'd give uh, give Pepe a chance, and then I'd really like to see Martinelli down the down the middle because when he started playing for Arsenal, he he scored a couple of headers, and we we need a a guy in there who can score some headers as well. There's no point in putting all those crosses in the box if you've got uh, who, who, whoever on this on Tommy Asu, whoever, because Tommy Asu hopefully will be available uh, for, for yeah. this game. Um, so there's no point in having somebody like that button crosses in if there's nobody on the penalty spot. And we we suffer from that. Trevor pointed out very very clearly, um, and we all know it. We don't, you know I don't think you need even eyes in your head to to see that the issues were not able to score uh, score goals. Uh, Trevor, what do you think? Um, Southampton will be, uh, what's the, the you know, uh, 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 an injured animal, an injured lion. They've just been beaten 6-0 by um, Chelsea in the last game. Does that make them even more dangerous for us to come up against? Yeah. Listen, I'm writing it down, Southampton, because there's a couple of things you boys rightly talked about then, right, that I just want to cover off. Lacazette, under, the Veng- under Wenger, wasn't getting a game, couldn't get in the side, rarely got a start and was always getting substituted, like I said. So I could understand him not scoring so many goals. But now he has, he, this season, he's had a consistent run in the side, a yep. long run in the side. They've put a lot of faith in him, you know. Saka, you two young men, Alex, Fergus, you should be washing your mouths out with soap. Saka, Bukayo Saka is the best young player in the world. Totally he, he may be tired. He may be tired, but he still warrants a place in the team, right? Just for one or two moments of, of magic. Back to Southampton. Southampton have a habit. They have a, a, a one massive defeat a season, don't they? It's normally eight or nine nil. And they have a habit of bouncing back after that. And um, I, I don't know what happened last season, but the season before we struggled at Southampton. Um, so we're going to be wary of them. And much like I thought... I feel much like about this Southampton game as I did before the Brighton game. It, before the Brighton game, I thought, oh, we've lost at Palace. We're going to bounce back. We can't play that badly again. We're going to bounce back. We are too good. We carry too many good young players and we're going to bounce back and beat Brighton. And we didn't. But I still feel the same way about this Southampton game. I still think we're too good to, to have three bad games in a row. I still, I still think we have a manager that can lift the side. Still think we have the players playing. Pa- Thomas Party is going to be a, a massive miss now because there's no doubt that this season he has improved as an Arsenal player beyond belief. He's become he's become the, the central midfielder that we all knew he was. Um, and if we've not got J- Party and Xhaka in midfield, we all have our thoughts on Xhaka, but taking just looking at recent performances, we're going to be weak. We are going to be much weaker. So we need Jacker back in midfield with someone else around him. We miss Party. We miss Tierney badly, obviously. Um, all his injuries are starting to worry me. He's very regular. But we should still have enough to beat Southampton. But as I said, I felt the same before bloody Brighton and look what happened. So who knows? Who knows? I, I, I can't remember who said, somebody said in this ch- chat, two injuries. Um, and we'll look at we'll look at where we are. Um, it does show that we are quite small and thin squad. I've always maintained that we're a squad of probably of about 13, 14 players. Um, and then the youth one, you just have to look at some of the benches that we've got. Uh, the, the kids I've not even heard of. They've played for the under-18s and the under-23s. Uh, on Shaka, uh, Trevor, uh, I agree. Um, he's probably been one of our most improved players um, this 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 year. Uh, I still don't like seeing him in an Arsenal shirt, but while he's in an Arsenal shirt, I'll support the guy. Uh, and when he goes, I will uh, shut the boot on the car and make sure his suitcases are in there. He's left nothing behind. He's got no reason to come back. Uh, the only reason I suggested with Saka giving him a rest uh, is he's post-COVID. 
And speaking to people with this latest strain of COVID, they have two or three days of feeling really, really unwell, but then two or three weeks of a lot of fatigue and extreme fatigue. Following on from his Palace performance, where he looked after 10 minutes, he wanted to go home to his mummy. Um, and uh, even again in the... Um, uh, in, in in the Brighton game, he was poor. Trevor's had to um, sort the dog out, I think. <laughs> Alex, it's me and you for the minute. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what, go on, I'll, I'll let you respond to some of the stuff that Trevor's talking about. Yeah, I agree about Shaka. He's, he's been our most improved player and he's looked really good at next to Partey, but I'll be quite worried with him in midfield with, with Lukonga. Um, and I saw a comment earlier about El Neni. I think I think we should be playing him more because he just looks solid uh, when he's played. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a difficult game against Southampton because they've got some really good ball players in the midfield with uh, with uh, James Ward-Prowse. So I think there's, it's going to be a battle in the midfield. Um, and I think the team that will get on top will probably win the game. Um, but it it would be the most Arsenal thing ever to just go and lose at Southampton after they just after they've lost six 0 against Chelsea. And 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 Trev, the the, the issue that um, Southampton had against Chelsea losing six 0 um, I'm led to believe is because they came out all all attack very early on and they go very gung ho in a high press and everything else. How do you think this Arsenal Arsenal side would cope against a really you know? honest start and a high press. Yeah. Well, Fergus, I quite like to see a team press us, especially when our youngsters up up front are, are on form. I like to see a team press us because we've got a ball player in, in, we've got ball players in White and Gabriel who can move the ball up past the press. And, and if, if our front players get the ball past the press, then, then, then they've got space to play the youngsters, you know? They've got space to play. So I don't mind the press coming on as long as our young lads are on form and because they can make the most of the of the space behind them. I, I just just got in mind. Do you know what? I've got to make an apology to someone like El Nenny, you know. I, it completely slipped off my radar, El Nenny, and I don't know why the hell he had. It's awful. And, and, I, I, and I, you know, I apologise for that. But I think, you know, El Nenny is definitely an option. Someone summed it up in the comments. Andy Fink, our friend Andy, he's a steady Eddie, he's, he's, he's El Nenny. Very much he's, so. He's, yeah. he's never going to shine, but he's never going to let you down. He's, he, I think he knows his limitations. And and, and if you've not got Party and, and, and Xhaka in the midfield, that's exactly what you need if you're going to play, you know, a younger lad. You need that experience. And El Nenny is a long-standing international player with lots of plays in lots of countries. He's got lots of experience. So, yeah, I can't believe that I forgot all about it. El Nenny, I've always called El Nenny the water carrier. And I think in in his Arsenal career, the most of it, he's, as as uh, Andy said, uh, he has been quite steady. He's had a couple of bad games where he's had a, a complete stinker. Um, but he he's not very progressive, not very forward uh, thinking in his play, and my fear with him, if Shaq is alongside him, is it just comes sideways, backwards, sideways, backwards, and we did have a lot of that before with them. Um, who do you see? Well, you, uh, Alex mentioned Ward Prowse, who's probably one of the best set uh, uh, like set piece um, specialists in, in in the league at the moment, especially for Southampton. Uh, Alex, who else do you see as a, a major threat from the Southampton side? Uh, well, of course, the like the probably the best striker this this season, uh, Che Adams. Um, I think that the guy Brochure from Chelsea. I think he's injured at the moment, so he's probably not going to play. Um, but yeah, I think of course Che Adams. We have to watch out for him. Um, and yeah, as, as you mentioned, uh, Ward Prowse, especially from the set pieces. Um, mm. We have to, we have to be careful, careful from that. Tre- Trev, anybody you want to keep an eye out for? Fergus, what you ask me this question every week, my friend, and what do I say? I don't know. I don't know any Southampton players. I don't care about yeah, Southampton. That's why I, I ask you because I don't know the answer well, either. All I, all, I know is, all I know is Southampton have got a manager with a strange sounding name. That's it. You know, that's about it. That's about all I know. Um, I, but I do know we should be good enough to beat him if we play to the best of our abilities, and I thought that last week. So. Um, 
Yeah, so on the, on that on that basis, Trev, on that basis, how do we line up then? Do we do we do a four at the back? Who who are you playing? Are you playing Cedric? Are you playing Shaka? Uh, are you playing Holding in that left back position? Left back, oh, I'm playing Tierney, but he ain't there. So um, I'll trust in what my manager says. Um, it'll be interesting to see which way he goes, Fergus. You've 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 stated all the options there, and. Uh, they're all viable, aren't they? You know, to us looking in, what way Arteta goes? I think looking at how we played against Brighton, I'd I would probably like to see a three at the back with with wing backs. And I don't mind then, I don't mind Tavares playing wing back. I don't mind that at all. Mm. I, I think going forward the the kid is good. Uh, it, I I was talking to somebody um in the week, and I think going forward, he's probably faster and better than Bellerin could be uh, at times. But uh, in defence, he could be worse than Bellerin in defence. So you know, he's, yeah. he's 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 a proper combination. Uh, Alex, how do, how do you see us lining up then? Yeah, like I think I agree with Trev some some of the points, but I don't know. I think it would be a bit of a sign of like desperate if we start to change our system too much. So I think I'd like to see him stick to what we've done good, like in a big part of the season. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, I'd, I'd like to see uh, just four at the back again uh, with, well, I mean, if, if Tom, Tommy Asu's fit, then probably I'd like to see Cedric on the left, left back and then Shaka and uh, Lukonga in the midfield. Um, no, I, I, can't, I can't remember what was said about Tommy Asu. He'd either be in training for the, the Southampton game or to be in training after the Southampton game, so I think it was if, you know probably what? after. Okay, Do you know what, folks? The club's been quite quiet about Tommy Asu, haven't they? You know, he was. We heard he was close to coming back, and he was training, and then he's gone again, and and now we've not heard anything for a while. We are missing, really? and if Tommy Asu was available, it's the obvious solution to play Tommy Asu at right back and and Cedric at left back. Something else, you know. Um, do we play four at the black and bring Holding in and? And push White into midfield. He's played there before. He's got great feet, strong as an ox, you know. Um, he's certainly got the skills to play there. I, I wouldn't think for a minute that Arteta would do it. But if we're short of if we're short of a party and a Xhaka in midfield and he don't trust El Nenny, there's what why why shouldn't White play in midfield in that holding yeah, role? I don't know if it was said on here or um, it might have been uh, Big Tony that came along and said eventually he sees Ben White um, being that midfield player um, on, on front of the back four. Uh, Trev, um, Lacazette. So do you start Lacazette? Do you keep Lacazette on the bench as uh, an impact sub along with Pepe? Um, and, and, and the reason I ask that is not because of his recent form, but looking at him on the pitch... After 60 minutes against Liverpool, I wasn't able to go to the game, so I was watching it on TV. And uh, he's doing this. He's he's wanting to be changed from 60 minutes. It took about five or 10 minutes to get somebody warmed up and ready to get him on, onto the pitch because they weren't expecting him to come off that quick. Uh, he's blowing out of his arse as well uh, after 60, 65 minutes. So he can have an impact on the pitch. He can create stuff. And some of his, uh, his um, layoff play is quite good. And if you brought him on as a sub, do you think that would be, be a better option than starting him? I don't think we should start Lacazette. No, Fergus, I don't. Um, I don't. I think that he, he, the best he should hope for is a place on the bench. Um, I think that there are there are three or four other options, untried options, to play in the centre up front, and none of them. We don't know how they would play, but one thing we do know for sure is that their scoring record wouldn't be worse than Lacazette's. Yeah, so it wouldn't be worse. So it, it must be worth the effort. I, I honestly think that Arteta is going to see this season out with what he's got. I don't think we'll see many changes up there, but I can't understand that. I think that I think that Lacazette hasn't done enough now to warrant a place in the side as a striker. And I think we should put someone else up front to, to try and make a difference. Um, even though I said I don't trust Eddie, even if it was Eddie, it would show that 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 our manager is thinking about what's going on and what to do. I'm a bit like Alex. I'd, I'd love to see Martinelli given a go through the middle. I, I think that 
I'm not sure about Pepe, but why not give him a go through the middle? You know, Pe- Pepe has played for Bielsa when he was at uh, in France. I think his niece in, was at in, in France. Lille. Lille, sorry. Um, and uh, Bielsa had him there. And he scored four goals in something like 16 or 18 games. Uh, Bielsa lost, uh, lost uh, left the job there to go to Leeds. And the uh, incoming manager moved him to the wing and he got 16, 17 goals, highest assists. Uh, he's, he's clearly a winger. He's clearly a winger. I think we were having the conversation in the pins, Alex, about um, Martin, who's my daughter's partner, uh, watches a lot of German football and had... Uh, and, just general football anyway, and talked about Bayern Munich were interested in in uh, uh, buying Pepe because of his p- speed. But he ne- needs he's so left-footed and he needs so much time on the ball that uh, the, the Bundesliga, never mind the Premier League, would have been too too quick for him. Um, uh, so, yeah. so what's your what's your view? So, you 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 would not start Lacazette despite uh, the qualities he adds to the squad. Trev, is that right? Yeah, I wouldn't start him. No, I wouldn't start him, Fergus. And I'm saying that purely on evidence of, of football terms. Not nothing nothing personal against the man whatsoever. Mm. But from what I've seen on the field this season. No, I wouldn't start any. I'd 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 be needing the change. I, I, there's a an interesting comment here, which is from Matt Bean. Um and he says we've got to give Harry Clark. Now I d I don't watch much Scottish or any Scottish football really. Um, I don't watch anything but Arsenal football, really. But Harry Clark has had a, a good run. Um, he's a good right back, a left back. He's been doing well uh, at Hibs. Um, Alex, you're nodding. Have you seen some of this guy? Yeah, I've seen people speak uh, speak about him on uh, on Twitter. So apparently, I haven't watched any of the games, but apparently he's doing very well in the at Hibernian. So um, yeah, it would be good to see him come back and do well because. We are like lacking in uh, in fullback positions right now. Okay, and on 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 fullback positions, there's Kevin in the chat. He said he was at the training ground last week for a photo shoot. Really interested to know a bit more about that. Um, and they had to wait for Tommy to come off the treatment room. He's nowhere near fit. Uh, wow. So that's. Uh, interesting bit of inside information. You see, we get all the you got all the inside gossip on guns and yellow ribbons. You don't need all these other Lovely. podcasts when you got people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so what are we predicting then? Um, are you going four nil, Trev? Your usual four nil? No, Fergus. After the last couple of weeks' results, we're not really predicting. We are taking wild guesses, aren't we? Half full of hope, you know, half full of dread. But do you know what? I'll take a one nil at Southampton, Fergus, all day long, all yeah. day long. Yeah, I, I, I'll I'll go one nil uh, as Heath has done. Dan's gone for two one. Matt's gone for four one. <laughs> Matt, you need to come off that German beer. It's obviously clearly too strong for you. Uh, uh, Alex, what what are you going for? Yeah, I'll definitely take a one nil as well. Um, and I got to give a, give a shout out to Matt in the comments as well because he suggested starting. Uh, Mika Birith for a fellow Dane. So I'd I'd love to see that as well. See a Dane Where's... playing for Arsenal again. Well, we've got Norwegians there. They're all the same, aren't you? Swedes, Danes, Norwegians. Yes, Scandinavians. Yeah. I'd, I'd take his lordship tomorrow. I'd take his lordship <laughs> I never thought I'd ever say that. Yeah, I'll, have, that. I'll have Bentner back again. That would be good fun. I wonder, I'll tell you what, I wonder if he's left those Paddy Power pants behind in the dressing room. And if we put them on Lacazette, he'll get the power and score a goal and within three, within 30 I'd, seconds, like uh, the Lord did I'd, against... Um, <laughs> against uh, 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 a Spartan Lager. It's uh, American. Oh, I've, I've done it. That's twice oh. today I've done it. I'm, I'm offending oh. the Americans left, right and centre. They've got to be calling me Putin by the end of the show at this rate. Yeah. <laughs> was, it really, was it Spanish, the beer you've got? Yeah, Spanish. San Miguel. A bit of San Miguel. A bit of San Miguel. So. I'm, keep, I'm keeping it European, being, a, being an Irishman. We've got an Irishman, a Dane um, uh, and an Englishman on here. Listen, um, next, next uh, four fixtures, huge fixtures. We talked about Southampton away. Um, we're all hoping for a one nil, so we'll 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 take it as we're going three points there. Wednesday night, then we go away again, our game in hand against Chelsea, uh, back uh, at the Emirates the following weekend to host Man City, uh, and then um, 
<laughs> and and then West Ham away. Sorry, Tony Fane had just put it in the chat that Putin's more likable than me. Okay, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, and, and and Dan Gunning is for me to get the words wrong is not unusual. Uh, yeah. Um, what what's your thoughts? Uh, I'll go to you first, Alex, uh, on on those uh, three fixtures. So we're going uh, three points. All of us are going for uh, Southampton away. Uh, Clearly, we don't like 12 points, but let's try and be a bit scientific and realistic. What are you going with Chelsea? Yeah, I think Chelsea is going to be a, like a very difficult match. I, realistically, I don't see us uh, going there winning, but yeah, I'll take, I'll definitely take a point there. But um, okay. I don't think we're going to win at Chelsea. Uh, United at home? Um, United at home. Um, I think we're going to win it against United. They've been so poor this season and um, hopefully we'll get the the stadium going for the, the United game. And um, we've done pretty well against United at home the last couple of seasons. So I fancy us winning that game. I think it's a half twelve kickoff, which is really hard to get the stadium going as well. So, but uh, we'll just have to get in oh. in the pubs much much earlier and drink more San Miguel much much earlier. Yeah. Uh, and finally, finally, going to that massive club that's called West Ham. What what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Massive West Ham. I mean, we've got to beat West Ham. Um, they're still in the European competition competitions, so that's probably going to be oh. um, their main focus right now. So we've got to got to win that as well. Trev, thoughts on Chelsea away? We'll win. Okay, you are really uh, optimistic. <laughs> uh, th- thoughts on, on um, United at home? We'll win. And West Ham away? We'll win. I'm okay. an Arsenal fan. What else do you expect me to say? You know? No, no, listen... Listen, if, if you ask me, I think we, we get a narrow victory at um, uh, at Southampton. We've all agreed on that one. I feel, and I've felt this all for, for quite a while, Chelsea are gettable at the bridge. They're going to have 28,000 fans in the stadium, not the normal 41,000. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if Arsenal turn up, we've, we've, we've had a good result against them the last time we were there. Uh, it's under the lights. It's a late-night kickoff. I, I've got a, a funny feeling in my water that we do Chelsea and United. It's the West Ham game I worry about. Um, Jesus, I, I, I'd, I'd love a point at West Ham, and that gives me ten points out of the, out, out of a possible twelve. Um, and I think you went with uh, seven points out of um, twelve, Alex, and and, and um, twelve out of twelve. Yeah, yeah nine. I think yeah. I'll say nine. Um, so, who we got? Mr. Arsenal Podcast says get 10 out of the next 12. Uh, then we got Dan, win, 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 draw. Uh, Andy uh, says win all the way. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a few people in the chat who are quite positive. And I think, you know what, as as Arsenal fans, um, <laughs> sorry, Trevor, Terry's come out. He's got a, a funny feeling in his water. It's called old age as well. So. <laughs> uh, but as Arsenal fans, I think we need to be uh, quite optimistic. Um, Trev, we had a, a message from our good friends from the Arsenal history uh, today um, about this uh, chap here, um, who has. I'll, le- I'll leave you talk talk about this man because you you know all about the old football a little bit more than me. Cool. Oh, he, this lad was even before my time. Con Sullivan. He was the oldest surviving Arsenal player. Um, he's the oldest surviving person that had played for the Arsenal. He played thirty two. First team games between 1953 and 1958. And he sadly passed away today, Fergie. So it's only fair that we give him a mention and we send our condolences to his family and his friends. And and may he rest in peace. And uh, uh, we hate to lose a gooner. But so the oldest player, the oldest player now alive from the Arsenal, he's another goalkeeper because Con Sullivan was a goalkeeper and the oldest player surviving now is another goalkeeper called uh, Jim Standen, who's, who's 86 years young. And let's hope he's about for many, many more years to come, mate. Eh? But rest in peace, Con Sullivan. Uh, a sad loss to Arsenal Football Club today. And I'm sure we'll hear more about it from the Arsenal themselves. 
And uh, there, he was involved in. We'll we'll, we'll share this on Twitter. Uh, if you go to Arsenal history on 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 Twitter, and Andy Kelly shared it on Twitter, um, and he's. Uh, Twitter state status Gunnar underscore AK uh, about uh, Con Sullivan and this uh, article where he was involved in a very strange own goal as well. It was a bizarre thing at the time. Um, there's a couple of things I want to mention as well before we uh, uh, finish. Uh, we're not going to finish just yet because there's a, a couple of other things, but I do want to tell people get your Gunnar. Uh, the Gunnar sent um, an email out to some people uh, in lockdown saying to survive. Uh, were people not buying it? They they asked for more people to get involved in subscriptions, which thankfully did save the Gooner. But with ongoing increasing costs left, right, and centre, they're asking for more people to get your Gooner um, uh, because printing costs and production costs are escalating like they are for everybody else. So if you haven't subscribed to the Gooner, get your Gooner. So always some great articles in there. Ben Bennett, who's been on here, has some some of his songs in there. Uh, Dan Mountney, a friend, a friend of the show, uh, and many, many other people who have been on here at some point or another have had some sort of involvement of um, a great fanzine that's been around for uh, uh, quite a while. Um, party. I asked this question of... Um, of of Trevor and he was why are you even gonna ask this question? There was an article that I read um in one of the the, the, the sports clips that comes up and I put it up on Arsenal for I don't know which one was in Trevor. I, I, I post loads of them on the on Arsenal fans forum every every day. Um and it was um that Arsenal are considering selling uh, Thomas Party because he hasn't uh, fulfilled um his billing from uh, when he came in from Atletico. Alex, you know you're going to get an absolute stupid response from the old guy up in the top, uh, top, top corner over there. Um, what's your thoughts on Party? Would you consider selling him? He's, I didn't say which corner. I just said I mean, corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has, he has got some uh, some funny opinions, uh, the old man. But uh, I agree, I agree with him on this one. I, I'd never consider selling Party. Um, he's he's been so valuable this season, and he's proved that he's got the the level to carry us forward um, into the Champions League places if he's able to stay fit, which he hasn't really been. But um, but no, I'd, I'd never consider selling him at this point. No. Do you think Do you think he's lived up to the the fanfare that there was around? Uh, the player when he was signed. Do you b- believe, like you know, that the forty-five million pound <laughs> buyout clause, the, the 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 deadline day dash? Do you think he um, he he fulfilled that billing yet? I mean, that's difficult to live up to, but um, I think it's only been the in- injuries holding him back. Because I mean, the last many games he's been so good for us, and he just makes such a difference, and he has such a presence in, presence in the midfield and. He's he's kind of the the leader in midfield we've been uh, been wanting for so long. So um, yeah, it's, he's been. I, I'd I'd agree, I'd agree that up until the international break, from the previous international break, uh, yeah, he did look like that player, and he did look like oh, I think Party's finally arrived. Trev, mm. thoughts on Party? Uh, do you think he's lived up to the billing? And I know what you're going to say about the next bit. Would you sell him? No, well, after a slow start, he's gradually been growing into our club, hasn't he? And he's he's gradually, you can see the steady improvement. You watch him week in, week out, and he gets a better and a better player. And I think that next season, next season, he will only get better again. So hopefully they're not thinking of selling him. It would be a silly move, unless, as James said, there's some kind of injury or some kind of problem there. Um, Party has improved right through this season. He's now looking a class act. And um, he's looking the player we thought we were buying when we got him. And I think he'll only improve next season. So, no, of course, I don't want us to sell him. He'd be the newspapers fishing for a story, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, And the other other, uh, Spanish influence, um, Unai Emery has got through to the semi-finals uh, of uh, the Champions League. Um, You know, there's the amount of... Twitter on Twitter 
was was absolutely unreal. The love that was shown for a man that was hound, not necessarily hound, was definitely hounded out by some players, but for that that there was a quite a large proportion of people saying enough uh, of um, enough of Unai Emery and Unai's got to go and so on. At, towards the end of his t- tender, they were talking about very negative play. We were delighted when he first signed with some of the pressing and the hard work and the training ground. Uh, Alex, what, what what's your thoughts of? Um, of the Unai Emery loving at the moment. Try and take yourself off mute, mate. Sorry. Um, it's all right. Yeah, I'd love to see him do well, um, as me and uh, Trev spoke about before coming on here. But, um, I mean, I'd, I'd, I would have loved to see him get a bit more time uh, at Arsenal because he just didn't have the squad and... And there was so much to- toxicity in the squad as well, with um, Bamiang especially and and Ozo, and um, I don't think he had the authority as well. Um, but that's the thing I, I like about Arteta; he seems to have more authority in the in the squad. But um, when you see how well coached that the Villarreal squad is, and how they managed to do so well over 180 minutes against Bayern Munich. I would have just loved to see what he could have done um, with the squad we have now and the project that Arteta is doing. Trev, um, were you calling for um, Unai to, to return? To return? You know what I mean. People were going, oh, what, what if, what we would have been like... Uh, well, I've seen some. I've seen some Twitter threads with people come along and saying, "What would it have been like if we still had uh, Emery?" And then people coming back with showing them right. tweets that they'd done in 2019, saying, "You wanted them out." Look, I'm on record on this very podcast as saying that I thought Emery was shafted by Arsenal fans, and that he was a very good manager, and that he. With the players he inherited and with the legacy of Wenger to follow, it was always going to be a very difficult, long job. It wasn't going to come easy. The Arsenal fans on Twitter, in my opinion, some Arsenal fans on Twitter were absolutely atrocious. They they were calling him for his lack of English. He could speak English, but he had a very strong Spanish accent. Understandable, really, when he's Spanish, huh? Good evening. What's wrong with good evening? Everyone knew what he meant, right? So what's wrong with it? You know, they got on his back for that for no reason at all. He wasn't a manager of Arsenal. He was the coach, right? He was the coach of Arsenal. So he didn't have the power that that, uh, Arteta has got. And I honestly think that if we'd have given Emery more time, we'd have seen the results. He got us to a cup final. The players let him down in that and he'd have got us comfortably in the top four if they hadn't have capitulated in the last four games of that, that season he was with us and didn't bother trying for him. So I'm really I'm over the moon to see Unai Emery doing well again. He got undeserved um, stick at Arsenal and, and, and it's come back to haunt a few uh, uh, so-called Arsenal fans on Twitter this week. It's made me smile very much. <laughs> and because, I got the text. Because... because <laughs> Because they've all been praising Emery this week and then they've all had old tweets dug out saying, time for Emery to go, time for Emery to go is crap. <laughs> well, the fact of the matter is, Unai Emery isn't crap. What he inherited at Arsenal wasn't very good. And when you follow a, a manager of 26 years, or if we're honest, the standard of players he left for Emery, right, wasn't that good, right? They weren't committed then Emery did really well in his first season and he deserved the second season and he didn't deserve the, 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 the stick he's, he got then. And I'm over the moon to see him back playing really well and showing what a good manager he is. It's made me smile. It's made me smile this week. Trev, there's two, two really good comments in here. There's the first comment from Puds. Uh, and he says uh, Arteta saw that Emery wasn't tough enough, and he's he's learned from that. And then Dan, who's mentioned this a few times in the chat about the trajectory of the club, uh, um, and what okay, yeah, we, he mentioned about a young side. Uh, he m- talked about a young manager, and and so on. If you go through on the chat on there, but you know, he's he's very right in saying that we need to focus on the point that we're on the right thing. What you just come along said about the, 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 the squad that Unai Emery inherited and he also inherited the, 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 you know, everything that was 
was Arsene Wenger and the whole club was set up and run by Arsene Wenger. So all of a sudden, we've got a new owner taking 100% ownership of the club. You've got a, a manager that's been in there who's designed and built the stadium and 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 ran everything from the tea lady to the the, the, the striker and the transfers and everything else. Uh, and, 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 and everything else. And you look at what Arteta is having to do now with the squad, getting rid of the bad eggs, the bad influences of the Ozils and the Aubameyangs and others. There's many others. There was cliques within the dressing room uh, who turned on um, on Emery as well in in Baku, which I've I've said on several times. Uh, and and you know it's it's really important for if you go back to the end of Emery, the end of Wenger's era, people were starting to you know get all toxic, get all. You know, and and it's not good. The one great thing about this season, until possibly um, last the last couple of games, was the unity among the fans. The fans were just enjoying the ride. We, we okay, we got knocked out at Forest. It was awful. The game was poor, but we've enjoyed the ride. We've got home and away. The away fans, Leicester at a twelve thirty kickoff is normally the flattest game going, and it was outstanding. Villa away, Trevor was even on his phone. The, the, just, just, just <laughs> the slowed. <laughs> He's shaking his head. Um, but, but it's been it's been absolutely fantastic, and I, I've I've had a message group. Somebody slagging me off for being a bit too pro Arteta. But I, you know, I I don't want to go through what Man United have gone through. Just about to get the fifth manager in in how many years? Seven or eight years. Uh, Focus, you listen. need. Go on. Listen, mate. You're exactly right. Right. You're exactly right. And those two comments you put up just now about about Emery and Arteta that there is a comparison. Mate, you, and you're right about it. I mean, the, the prime example, right? The prime example of of Arteta and Emery and the difference is Mesa Ozil, right? When Emery came into our club, right, he he tried to drop Mesa Ozil, but he was only a coach. He didn't have the power. He didn't have the players to put in place of Ozil, and he dropped Ozil, but he had to bring him back, right? And it was awful. Now. Arteta came in, didn't fancy Ozil. Sorry about the dog. Didn't fancy Ozil and dropped him. And differently to 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 Emery, Arteta got the back in. Arteta was allowed to do as he wanted. Arteta is sorting the side out. And and if you if you know if you want Arteta out now, then fair enough. That is your opinion, and you're entitled to it. You're you are truly truly entitled to it. But also remember, whether you're Arteta in or whether you are Arteta out, there's one much bigger thing, Fergus. You're an Arsenal fan, right? You're an Arsenal fan. So you want to do the club, see the club do well, right? So, yeah, want Arteta out if you want, but don't drum on about it after every game, every minute, every week. Be an Arsenal fan, first and foremost. Support our great club. Be an Arsenal fan. Occasionally... If you've got the ump with Arteta, I've said it tonight in a nice way. I couldn't make out what Arteta was doing with some of his team selection. But that's it, right? Remember, Arteta in or Arteta out, Ozil in, Ozil out, Wenger good, Wenger bad. All pals in was insignificance when you remember what you are, right? And what you are as an Arsenal fan, right? And you want the best for our club. So there you go. Uh, Trev, you're getting a lot of love in the chat. Steve thinks you're Brill. I think it's Brill Cream he's looking for because you might need a little there because you're starting to start, start to flick up at the side. So, yeah, you need a bit of Brill Cream, I think. And Henry is uh, praising Pods for his comment. And and I also think um, uh, Dan Gunning is is um, spot on. Uh, Trev for PM by Andy Fink. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know. <laughs> Alex, your thoughts on, on, on what Trev is to say there and anything you want to add? Yeah, I think you're both onto something with We've got a, a lot more unity around the club now. I don't, I don't see as many people saying Arteta Arteta out um, as when Unai Emery was in, uh, in the club. And um, also, like in Denmark, we've got a like a designated Arsenal pub in Copenhagen. And even though the last couple of games we've been losing, I see much more people coming coming every for every game into the pub, even doing bad, doing good. Um, there's just so much more unity and I think people are on board with the project as well and they see like so many young exciting players as well um, so I think that really helps as well 
I've got a mixture of um, supporters of different teams uh, in in my local pub, predominantly West Ham and Tottenham and Arsenal. But there are some Chelsea, there's some Leeds, and a, a smattering of other uh, QPR and, and Millwall and so on. And everybody but a man talks about. And there was a Man United fan I was talking to the other day. He said, "When you look at Man United, you get a, uh, a collective of individuals. But when you look at Arsenal." Uh, you've got a, a bunch of young talent that's probably the best young talent out there and l- looks like it's got great potential. Uh, and I do have to agree agree with that, but we just don't have enough of it with the, the, the 13 I talked about early on. So anything to uh, say finally, uh, Alex, have you enjoyed your first podcast and when are you back over uh, to join us again? Yeah, I think it's your round. Definitely enjoyed that. Uh, thank you for bringing me on as well. Um, I haven't you're planned. I haven't planned uh, yet. Sorry. Go on. Sorry. Sorry. Go on. Go. 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 No, I, just, uh, I was just saying I haven't uh, planned the next trip yet. Um, I have. Uh, I got tickets for two of my friends, so they're going over for the Manchester United game. Um, but yeah, loads of uh, exams coming up, so hopefully I'll be back um, next season. And you're okay with having Nor- Norwegians in the chat because Trolls is uh, in Norway. You're okay with that? I love that. Love a fellow Scandinavian. <laughs> Just like IKEA on here, Trev, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a, it's been good fun tonight, Fergus. It's Alex. It's been lovely having Alex on, getting the the young voice and 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 the overseas voice as well. And and you speak a lot of sense, Alex. Um, it's um. It's it's been good. I've enjoyed it. I I, I was tired when I started, but I've, it's been it's been a great listening to to you, Alex. And as always, I've put up with Fergus. I just see that <laughs> Heath's in uh, he, our good friend Heath Keogh's in the chat, and uh, his nephew his nephew's been playing for England under 18s and and doing really well. So good on you, Heath. Hope he continues to do well, mate, and all the best. And Heath is now being rude in the chat, so we're going to ignore Ruth, Heath now for a bit. So. I, I think he likes blonde-haired ladies by the looks of yeah. it. So, yeah. listen, you, ha- <laughs> you, you have been listening to uh, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. This is Guns and Yellow Ribbons. If you like what we do, please uh, you know, click the like button on YouTube. Go and follow us on YouTube. We are here on Facebook and Twitter as well. Alex, thank you very, very much for joining us. Uh, we'll have you on again, and hopefully uh, the next next time you're in in london you can buy uh, trevor a beer but only the one because you know what he's like if you buy him too he goes a little bit wobbly um and, yeah you can buy you can buy me too instead if you want i'll get you double <laughs> park mate <laughs> yeah but make sure it's make sure it's not that shit beer let's get some of the decent beer yeah language, language sure. it was a you phrase we used on, th- on th- it was one of the first conversation pieces you said to young Alex tonight, please don't swear on the show. And now look what you're doing. What are you doing? <laughs> Good call, this trolls. Good call, trolls. Good call. Yeah, son. get him over. Get Holland over. Yeah. Yeah. Right, guys. I gotta I gotta see you later. Up the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast oh, by oh, Arsenal oh. fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.